within my first month, I made $20,000. Like I said, my first month, I probably studied for about three months. And then when I finally got after it and started putting some action towards what I'd been learning, I'd made $20,000. I was like, okay, well, this is a repeatable process. Mike check. I'm good. Mike check. Mike check. You can read about success all day long, but if you don't put in the work, the mindset, execution, and the hustle behind your vision, it just remains a dream. When everything goes wrong, you have to take all the responsibility. We uncover what high-level entrepreneurs, business owners do to rise up from hustling daily. So do what you feel passionate about. Take chances. The world becomes your library to help you become better at your craft. Join me as I share with you actionable tips to help you grow your business, learn skills, and help you level up in your self-development journey. Your number one spot for business and personal growth is the online hustlers podcast with your host esteban andrade every day i'm hustling all right guys what's going on that's a cool intro <laughs> thank you we got here the new episode of the online hustlers podcast for the rei marketing and conversion series that we have and like you all know this is a special episode So I have my friend here, uh, Brent Moreno, who is a marketer, who is a real estate investor, who does uh, really good special things for his students. So he also trains people on coaches, but he started his career as a as a marketer. And then he, you know, he's going to tell us a little bit more about his story, how he joined forces with a already seasoned investor and kind of took off from there pretty well. Uh, but all you know that uh, I'm also a marketer, so I admire people that, you know, that are in this industry and they're hustling. But at some point, he got the point that he started taking smart decisions for his career and started to, to get in, into the real estate investing really well. So I have here Brent Moreno. Brent, how are you, my man? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, I'm a marketer. Uh, I think I stood up in front of my last mentorship, not mentorship, but last mastermind session I went to in front of all the group. And I was like, raised my hand. I was like, hi, my name is Brent. I'm a marketer. Um, because I've been doing marketing for so long and it's, it's really kind of, uh, you know, it's in my blood and that's what I enjoy doing. And I was like, I realized very early on that, you know, getting business is all about you know marketing yourself. So we'll get into some of that stuff a little bit later, but yeah, I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you, man. So uh, just to let you know, guys, um, I, I the reason why I have Brent here is not only because he is a good friend of mine, but I know the things that he's going to spit is like diamond type of players. Like literally this is diamond type of nuggets. And and I like saying diamond because it's much better, harder and sweeter than gold. So uh, <laughs> uh, my wife loves you, them. Yeah, there you go. Wives too. <laughs> And um, as you know, here, this real estate investing and wholesaling game, um, you need to be a full marketer. You, 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 it is all about marketing. It's all about sales. It's both. Like if you don't have both, it's very, very hard for you to even pick up like some type of momentum. Uh, and of course, later on, you, you're going to be doing uh, systems in order to sustain all of this. But 
marketing and sales. And so how important, man, like when you started, tell us a little bit more about that. Like when you were a full marketer, uh, of course it helped you, but, um, but you started to come in into the real estate game. Like tell, can you, can you, can you, can you, can you walk us through that journey of you become, where, where being a marketer, internet marketer, and then, uh, just, uh, going to the real estate game. Well, I actually started, um, in the experiential marketing fields. Uh, so if you've ever been to a, a Super Bowl or a big massive event or festival and you've seen brands out there who have big displays and there's a bunch of people handing out stuff and they have interactive things you can get involved with, they're making impressions they're making brand impressions. That's kind of what I did for over 10 years with brands like Anheuser-Busch, MTV Games, Jack Link's Beef Jerky. So, and with Jack Links, I got to actually work in house with them. So I planned like my own schedule. I got to pick what events we wanted to be a part of and kind of help create that into more of a lifestyle brand. That was kind of the mission uh, from Jack and Troy is like he wanted to be the Red Bull beef jerky, basically. It's like, well, you know, give me the money and let me have some fun and we'll, we'll go turn this thing into a, into a beast of a marketing machine. So I did that for a very long time. And that's actually where, um, during that time, I started thinking about launching my own marketing agency uh, for brands. Had some initial interest, even had some money uh, coming in potentially if I was decided to do it because I'd been involved in so long, I had enough connections. And this also will kind of go into marketing as well. Uh, if you really look deeply into like what I'm really, really good at, it's networking, um, knowing people, knowing the right people who can who can solve different problems for you, or at least help you in different situations, and go a long way. Uh, so. Over the course of a decade, I met a lot of people and I had some initial interest in investing into my startup marketing agency. And then uh, next thing you know, I meet this guy named Max Maxwell. He was doing oh, experiential marketing and he actually was working alongside of Jack Link sponsored a, a flight uh, team, a stunt plane team. One of our pilots also flew on the Air National Guard stunt plane team. Max was working for the Air National Guard doing their marketing I was working for Jack Link, so we were oftentimes working the same air shows set up beside one another because we both had the same pilot, uh, just different airplanes. One was Jack Link's, one was Air National Guard. And with that happening, I met Max, and him and I started talking. You know, I'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I started new and knowing that, you know, if I ever wanted to get off the road, I made good money, I made six figures, but if I ever wanted to get off the road and not be in a hotel 250, 300 days a year traveling all over the country and actually have some resemblance of, you know, a family, you know, when I was younger, none of that stuff mattered. Uh, I was having a blast. I think it's a great job career for people to get into and get a lot of experience and travel the world. And if you want to do that for the rest of your life, so be it. But like, you know, I'd already started getting serious uh, with my now wife. I knew she was going to be graduating law school. I was like, well, you know, I could figure something out. And just so happened that staying in touch with Max paid off tremendously because you know, he went off and started doing his own thing. He started a tech company that eventually kind of went belly up. Uh, but I had a lot of faith in the end. It actually had to do with the experiential marketing field. It was, you know, something that I thought was a really, really good idea that he implemented, but it ultimately never worked out for him. And that was kind of the last I heard from him for a while. And the next thing I know, he pops up on Instagram. And this is before anybody knew who he was. He was like, I just bought this house for 17 grand. So I call him. I was like, dude, I've got some money. I was like, next time you come across a house like that, like, let me put some money into it. We'll flip it together or let me buy it or, I, you know, I'll pay you something. He goes, dude, I'm, I've made $20,000 in the last month and I've never, I didn't even have to put any money into these properties. I was like, how, what do you mean? He's like, this thing called wholesaling. He's like, next time you're, I was living in South Carolina. He's like, next time you're home, 
drive up to my office and I'll show you kind of what I've been doing. So I, I drive up there and he talks about his little Nissan, not his Nissan, but his Volkswagen Jetta that he had to, you know, hit a starter and all that stuff on. That's no joke. He was driving around a little beater Volkswagen Jetta and had bandit signs all piled in the back of them. And he showed me his, his bank account. It's like how he's been making $20,000 every single month, for like the last three months. And I was like, dude, this is insane. So I start digging into it and then I immediately call uh, my former business cart partner in Mississippi because I knew that we had met through mutual friends. I knew that him and his family had bought houses for rentals and flipped houses and stuff like that. But like, you know, I come from the middle of nowhere, Mississippi. I didn't realize wholesaling was a thing. I didn't realize any of this stuff was even an opportunity. So when I saw it, it was like finding gold. I was like, nobody else knows about this, even though that wasn't true. It's been a thing for a very long time. But I called him up and I was like, hey, you ever heard of wholesale? And he was like, yeah, I do it all the time. I said, you never said anything to me about it. He's like, yeah, I got tired of dragging my friends along and nobody ever doing anything with it. He's like, go read this book and come back to me with questions. So I went and read that book. It was uh, Flipping Properties, Volume 2. So I think I paid like four bucks for it on Amazon. It really wasn't about the book, even though it's got some good, solid, fundamental information in there. It wasn't about the book. It was about whether or not I was going to take the initiative to read the book before he would offer to, to like help me out a little bit. So between him and Max and kind of having them in my corner um, and doing some research and studying and listening to podcasts like this and, and watching YouTube videos. And I think I bought a couple of courses uh, to begin with, like Sean Terrier and stuff like that. I went and uh, within my first month, I made $20,000. Like I said, my first month, I probably studied for about three months. And then when I finally got after it and started putting some action towards what I'd been learning, I'd made $20,000. I was like, okay, well, this is a repeatable process. I can do this over and over and over. And like, even if I just, you know, you're talking about, I had an overhead of maybe three, 400 bucks. I'd probably have spent $900 on courses and maybe another $200 on uh, just, you know, different softwares or whatever. And this is before there was really skip tracing and texting. I mean, there was a little bit of skip tracing, but it was stupid expensive. Then uh, you could go to like fast people search or true people search, stuff like that. I think I was paying like a $20 a month subscription to get a hundred people's names. And I was just driving for dollars. And then when I wasn't there, I actually recruited some Uber drivers. And uh, this was actually, I thought was pretty ingenious. Uh, it was, there was a huge story in the wall street journal and all this other stuff. But to my recollection, I was the first person to kind of put those, pieces together on the Uber side, because whenever I was home, I might be home for a week. I might be home for two weeks. Heck, sometimes in the winter, I might be home for a month and a half uh, getting paid. But while my wife was in school, I'd just be sitting there staring at the walls and I don't like sitting still. So I was like, you know, if I can go just make enough money to pay the car note, that's all I care about. So I would drop her off at school and then I would start riding Uber. And then I created an Uber Facebook group for South Carolina, you know, for Columbia, South Carolina. And people just started joining it. It was really just an idea to start having people network. I didn't knew didn't know anybody. We didn't know anybody in the area. She was new to the area. So I just wanted to network with like-minded people who were interested in Ubering and figuring out where the events were going on at and how much money people were making and what the best times are and share their wild stories and stuff like that, just to kind of grow a community. And whenever I found out about bird dogs and about people finding addresses for me, I was like, well, wait a second. Like Uber drivers, all they do is drive around. That's all they're doing is driving around. It's like, surely to God, they come across vacant properties. And if I can incentivize them to do that, that'd be great. So I literally had like a little monthly Uber meetup with all my Uber drivers and was teaching them about what I was looking for. I'd have pizza and sodas and whatever. And they'd go and send me hundreds of properties. And then my first, my first deal came from an Uber driver. And it was the very first house on the list. 
<laughs> the very first house on the list. Now, it wasn't the first person I talked to, but it was the very first house on the list. And uh, I ended up making, I think, on my first deal, like $13,000. I paid the Uber driver $1,000. And I was like, all right, this is. And then the next one was one I drove for dollars for and I found when I was home. And then a couple more came from my Uber drivers. And I was like, man, this is this is incredible. So then I went and I was telling people about how I was doing Uber driving, recruiting Uber drivers to work for me as bird dogs. And that kind of took off into its own little thing. But that was yeah. really the kind of beginning of it all is that I realized very quickly, I was like, this is repeatable. It's not costing me a ton of money to be in business. Then I eventually went on to, to expand and, and go into uh, PPC. At one point in time, I think I was spending about 10000 a month in PPC in, in Columbia. Okay, I'm okay. Always, Let's go. One, one yeah. second here. This is yeah. so cool because, look, this is uh, this is experience that I also got. I also was an Uber driver, right? Yeah. And uh, if, I were, if I ever met someone that had the capability of orchestrating these type of deals or things like you in the city where I was, well, I was in Toronto at that time. And also, they have they, they happen to to be doing wholesaling, speaking up the popularity in Canada. But if I had someone that could teach me that I can go to houses, I would see houses all the time that needed work, uh, and uh, and actually do that. That would have been such a huge game changer when I had no job. Okay, when I had uh, only relying on on Uber, which is an app that will pay me on on just transporting people or food. Um, would have been it would have been a total life changing life changing moment for me, but I didn't. But that's because I, maybe I was not looking the the the, the outside the box, kind of like what you were doing, right? Uh, but at the same time, man, you you started with the OGs, kind of like you 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 had a relationship with the OGs, uh, which is uh, you know all all these people that you that, that were kind of like doing the same similar thing. Uh, like you, right? And uh, and that that was like that means that you've been in the game for for already for for how many years, man? Like, uh, it's almost it'll be coming up on four years now. Four years, okay. Yeah, so I got started probably about it's crazy to think about how far Max has come, but like I got started probably about eight months after Max got started. Oh wow, okay. And Max and got so big, uh, you know, so huge fast because he's also a bad marketer. <laughs> it's insane, man. Oh, that's right. He's also came from experiential marketing, right? He came from that background. He spent years and years in that field. Uh, it's funny because like, you know, I, I had my old business partner helping me and I had Max helping me and I went and joined the mastermind. I joined boardroom with Sean Terry and Kent Clothier or whatever. And that really kind of helped me level up my game. I spent like 15 grand to be in that room. I didn't even really know anything about it. I just knew that I was making money in it and it, but it was all me. I was like, yeah. if I want to, and I knew that there was a deadline at some point that my wife was going to graduate law school and that we were going to eventually probably either move back home or move wherever her job takes her because obviously I, you know, I want her to follow her career. And I, I've kind of a nomad. I live wherever I've lived all over the country. I don't really care as long as it's not cold. I don't care. So I, I, I realized very quickly that, you know, that having them on in my corner was, was very helpful because I, I could see the proof. Right. There's a lot. I, I had a lot of skepticism when I got started in this. I had to, so many friends and relatives and everything else tell me like, well, you're never going to get anywhere with it. All the big players are, are, are buying up everything. You won't ever see a good deal. You know, all these different things. Why would you get involved in this? It sounds illegal. All this other stuff. Right. So there's all this noise on the outside, on the inside in my inner circle. I could see like how much money was exchanging, changing hands. I'm like, yeah, this is life changing. 
right? Yeah. I mean, I made good money doing what I was doing, but I was married to the road. Like yeah. if I want to own my time again, I need to, I need to figure out a way out. And I thought the marketing agency was it, but then I saw real estate and I was like, that's it. I just always assumed you needed, you know, a bunch of money to be able to go buy a house, flip it or keep it for a rental. A lot of people like I didn't, think I didn't realize all the possibilities that are out there because, you know, it's not taught to us. We're not, we're taught to think a certain way our whole lives. That's just not the case. And the same thing, like it's scarcity mindset when, when people used to tell you that, no, all these big players are taking over and things like that. Imagine if you had the same scarcity mindset in 2021 when the iBuyers start, start buying like hard and the funds, uh, all yeah. these hedge funds started buying hard. Like how, what would you think? Like there's no houses, there's going to be no opportunity for you. Why, why do you think people st started, you know, even growing even more in 2021, right? Like. Like it's because they went full in, they went all in and they didn't get the noise to get to them. Otherwise, yes, open door and offer pad or Zillow could crush you. But, and that's 2021 people buying, I mean, hedge funds are buying like crazy on top dollar. Right. But uh, it's good, man, that you had that. And one thing that I noticed that you said is you were supporting your wife on, on her law career. And I want to get to that uh, later on here. Because I think it's really important, really cool. Also, uh, I saw her. She opened um, a, a new business, um, a business. Uh, you both opened a business not long to, not long ago, right? Yeah. I mean, we both, uh, she had started a title company. So she started her law office in Mississippi. And we'll kind of get into that. Like she had an interview with her dream job and it didn't go as well. And we actually went to Atlanta the other day. And she's like, you know what? I'm so glad I didn't end up here working hours a week for somebody else and you know never getting to enjoy my time she's like thank you for believing in me because we moved back to mississippi no one would give her a job um everybody said they didn't have enough work for to hire her, even at like sixty thousand a year i was like i was like i was trying to get her into a title company i was like because i knew they were getting ready to retire i was like pay her sixty thousand a year and when you guys get ready to retire we will buy you out of the company they didn't have anything to do with it. so i was like you know what we do enough business i was like well i'll we'll draw enough business here and our new venture here of buying and flipping and, and wholesaling and, and buying rentals and stuff is like, we'll do enough to be able to keep your own title company afloat. So just trust me, like we'll generate enough people, enough interest. We have enough people in our network. I know enough people around here because that's closer to my hometown. I've got family in the area. I was like, we'll, we'll make it work. So on top of that, she then had to jump through another hurdle of getting title insurance. She got denied like two or three different title companies that wouldn't allow her to write title because of she was a brand new attorney and didn't have any experience. So for her first, like, I want to say like 60 or so transactions, she had to have somebody like approve all of her underwriting and stuff, all of her title work and everything else. And they got a piece of the action. And actually she was doing so many transactions that they, they let her off. She was supposed to do that for like two years. It only took her like six months before they're like, you got this, you're, fine. you're granted access. So she took off that business that started doing really well. And it's, it's pretty much running without her now. I mean, she's still kind of involved, but she's involved remotely. Uh, she's got a staff attorney there and another employee that's handling phones and, and uh, kind of more assistant admin type stuff. Uh, so that business is pretty much running on its own. So she decided to come down here and start another title company. So we have another title company here locally. Her office is like right down the corner from mine. And um, it's running. It's, it's, it's basically her doing it all over again. and hopefully. Within the next year or two, that one will also be kind of running on its own. And maybe she can go start another one. Uh, I left Mississippi. So for everybody that doesn't know, I had a former business partner, him and I 
didn't see eye to eye on where we were going. I was kind of wanting to move a lot faster. He was ready to slow down. Uh, we both had an education business together. We had a software business together. And then we had our house buying business together. I walked away from all the houses, um, every bit of it, the house buying, all of that stuff. I gave it to him so I could take the education business and I could take the software business because I believed in those uh, tremendously. And I knew that if I get into a new market, well, I can just go and build another wholesaling business or investing business. Uh, so that's what I'm doing now. I'm down in Alabama. We got an office. Uh, we're holding monthly meetups. I'm meeting as many people. My goal was to meet a thousand people this year. Uh, and we're doing our meetups and, and we've got some traction here. We've got a couple of flips going on. We've got one under contract right now that we're potentially wholesaling if we don't take it down ourselves. Um, so that's really been kind of the goal is to come here, build up a little small. I'm not trying to get huge. I want to get, you know, to where I'm feeling pretty comfortable and we're doing, you know, five to 10 transactions every single month. Yeah. And yeah. I can kind of take my, my hand off the wheel. I want to hire some people, but I'm not taking any money from outside and putting it into this business. I said, this business has to work on its own. Otherwise, you know, we, we, we go back to the drawing board and try to figure it out. Yeah. So yeah right absolutely. When it's flipped to wrap up and when the flip wraps up, I'll have all the money go and hire and put money into market. Yeah. And you're in Alabama right now. So like if people want to meet you, because now you have the goal of a thousand, uh, where I think you are in a really cool area as well. So if people want to walk by Alabama, you know, hotter, hotter than Mississippi, I bet. Right. Well, I'm on, I'm on <laughs> the beach. So you're in the beach. Office, there you go. Yeah. My office is in Orange Beach. And you, you don't, when you, most people think of Alabama, they don't think about beaches, but uh, I will say, and I know we're live and I don't like to advertise it too much, but Orange Beach and Gulf Shores is exploding. Um, there's lots of money floating into here and there's still a ton of room for development. It's not like Destin, Florida. Like I grew up going to Destin for vacation. Destin's packed. Like there's no more room for really much of improvement. They're just expanding outwards. Whereas here, there's still vacant lots like yeah. on the beach. Wow. Yeah. And everything, everything that it's honestly, that area is just growing tremendously so it's like that's a good nugget there from from brent but so i want i wanted to go back to what you were telling um when you started doing ppc uh when you started doing pay-per-click allowing people to come to you rather um and i know that you did a, a you know a good network of ubers and, and a good you know a good amount of other type of marketing but PPC, so tell me, continue to tell me more about that. Yeah. So I was, since I had Sean Terry's course, I think he gave you an Excel spreadsheet of all their keywords. And you just had to, all you had to do was go change the city. So I did that and I imported it into Google. And I think I started at like 2000 a month and I immediately started getting phone calls. This is in 2017. There wasn't really a lot of competition. And then I opened my big mouth at the RIA meetings like, oh, yeah, PPC is working great for me. It was like, yeah, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Uh, and then it continued to get more expensive. But that was okay. I ended up spending close to about $10,000 a month, but it was returning $30,000 a month. Yeah. I was pretty happy there. Um, and then I had some bandit signs and then, of course, the Uber drivers. That's really was my focus for the majority of the time I was in South Carolina. Okay. So the PPC and uh, everything was like Sean Terry, the one of the, you know, one of the first guys that got into heavily into education for, for real estate wholesaling. And of course we got Cody Spearberg too, but PPC was very focused. Um, sorry. Uh, Sean Terry was very focused on teaching you how to leverage Google and the power of Google. 
Um, and at some point, I, I also know that you started really playing with Facebook. All right. Yeah. How, how, how long did you do? Did you actually started doing both combined? Uh, for how long do you actually run that back then to really just g gain traction and, and, and just get deals coming? I want to say it was probably around like November or December of, of 2017. Mm -hmm. um, PPC was already working well for me, and I knew Facebook would be a good opportunity to probably get in front of a lot of people. And I went and took a Dan Henry course. Uh, for those yeah. who don't know who Dan Henry is, he's a very well-known marketer digital marketer. Now he started a course called Facebook ads for entrepreneurs. And what he was doing was teaching people how to create marketing agencies that, that sell Facebook ads to companies, right? So you go in and say, okay, I'll charge you a thousand dollars a month to be your ad agency. And I'll run ads on Facebook for you. This is what we're going to do and all this stuff. Fantastic, fantastic course. I think I paid like $2,000 for that thing. It's a fantastic course, but I wasn't buying it to create my own marketing agency. I bought it because I wanted to learn Facebook ads for my business. Yeah. Um, so I started learning Facebook ads back then, started putting it into place and man, it just started clicking. Boom, boom, boom. I was getting, you know, I was getting leads for under 25, under 30 bucks, like good solid leads, not trash leads, like quality leads for 30 bucks. I was like, man, this is, this is gold. This is a gold mine. So I put together what I was working at some point in time, like back, in the day, I was like, all right, I'm going to teach what I'm doing in my Facebook ads, and we'll just see if anybody has any interest in it. I put together a little course that kind of modeled a lot of what Dan Henry was teaching, actually modeled almost everything Dan Henry was teaching, except it was specifically for real estate investors. Um, so I was teaching what I had learned from him, but I had applied in my business and niched it down to real estate investors. And I put it out there. I think I sold it for like 400 bucks for quite a while. And that made me some good money. And that's when I started realizing, I was like, hey, man, there's there's a lot of people who want to want some information like this. Uh, and then when I ended up moving to Mississippi, Adam and I partnered and I saw what Max did. And that's really kind of get to kind of circle back a little bit. In 2017, when Max was kind of getting started with his YouTube videos, his like some of his first videos was from that conference that Sean Terry put on. Since I was a boardroom member, I got to bring them out uh, as like guests. So I brought them out as guests to that event. It was like a thank you for guys helping me. And he was doing his YouTube stuff and he started it. I think he literally had just started his uh, Facebook pet group and all that other stuff. And I was like, I want to do that as well. But I went back to South Carolina and Adam went back to Mississippi and Max kept doing videos and I just kept doing real estate. And I kept seeing him just more and more and more and more and grow. So when I got to Mississippi, I told uh, my old partner, Adam, I was like, look, we're going to do a weekly live Q&A and we're going to start a Facebook group and we're just going to see where it goes. It's like, I have no intentions like, other than I think we all, me, Max and Adam and all talked at one point in time that we wanted to put an event together at some point in time in our careers. Like we wanted to have an event. Yeah. What's this Facebook group that you actually have? Well, it's, it's wholesale hackers now. Wholesale hackers. All right. Perfect. So if people were to try to find this Facebook group right here uh, where you're dropping uh, hacks <laughs> on wholesale uh, and everything. Uh, it's uh, wholesale hackers in Facebook. Yeah, that right. And I kind of hate that name, honestly, because I do so much more than wholesaling now. But the, yes. the hacking part kind of makes it makes sense in the sense of like not everything's a wholesale. I can show you other ways to hack. A lead. I don't know. Maybe I call it lead hacker. I don't know what we're going to call it, but like I just everyone's kind of turned off with the, the wholesale 
thing. Yeah. That, I moved it over from real estate roundup to wholesale hackers. Like, is this not a real estate investing group anymore? Is this only wholesaling? I was like, no, it's not just wholesaling. Yeah, it's not just wholesaling. So you you're gonna what do you focus on? What did you start focusing on and building for that with that Facebook group? Man, we just kind of wanted to put it out there and see if anybody had any interest in just hearing what we had to say. And as a in at an end result, what happened was is that people came to know us as like, hey, if you have a deal in Mississippi, send it to those guys. And it got to where even still to this day, I still get messages in my inbox almost every day with somebody sending me an opportunity. Uh, and now that I'm at a point to where I can go and buy these opportunities, I'd much rather prefer that than you know me sitting here cold calling all day. So okay. building that awareness. Or, or managing a team of VAs and, and making yeah. sure that they're doing their job properly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this is the beauty of, of kind of this business, right? Like I tell everybody that comes into our mastermind program, I was like, you can build whatever you want to build. We have people in this group that have started from nothing and they're running, you know, six figure a month businesses with, you know, 12, 13 employees. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty incredible to see what some of them went on and going done, but you can run very low overhead and do two, three deals a month or, or maybe even just one deal a month. Like I have to get to the core of the issue here. Like, what do you, what is old, what is your ultimate goal? Like if $10,000 a month is your goal, then you know you should be able to easily do that even part-time just one deal a month. Yeah. And, and I know people that even they, they create such Like you are a connector, you're a networker. I know people that they create um, such a good network, either inside a mastermind or either inside a mentorship that they create this JV opportunities where that those people are considered the go-to people that are going to help you dispo or even acquire property, a, a potential potential deal that is there. And so you get a flow of organic, inbound organic uh, deals from other people that you know don't have the skills that you do have so there's other people i've seen and noticing and, I, and you know like it's basically what brand is doing right like he 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 lets people know that um i can uh i can disposition this property i can move this property okay i can make sure either i can flip it can buy it you know i can i can do so many things i have the buyers i have the connections let's let, let me just help you walk you through the process while you learn um You'll make money. I'll make money. It's a win-win. So that those are things that I've noticed from from Facebook groups uh, as well. And and I mean, Brent, man, like I know you're not just wholesaling right now. Um, so what are you gonna? We're gonna call the the Facebook group. Uh, what what do you think you're gonna change the Facebook group to? I've been dude. I've been rattling my brain for forever on like completely rebranding and all that stuff. But it's kind of one of those things like you're so invested into it at this point. Like I have so much. It's brand. Kind of like okay, well, what what do I what, what do I really want to do here? Uh, I think I'll probably keep it the same for for a good while just because it's still got traction and still it's still relevant. Um, the group like I've noticed. Facebook in itself is getting weirder and weirder by the day. It's it's getting less appealing to me where it was at one point in time, like the way I connected with everyone. Um, I think their algorithms just really kind of killed things. Um, yeah. If you're not like very consistent, I mean like every single day and like, and be completely honest, like I'm just so, such a kind of introverted in the background kind of guy. I'm not the spotlight kind of guy um, that I just hate trying to make sure that like I'm in your face every single day. You'll never see me like selling stuff. I don't have any ads. I've never done any ads for any of our masterminds or anything like that, or any of our events. It's just not who I am as a person. Like you either find me organically or you don't. And that's kind of where I'm getting 
into my real estate business. Um, I, I am cold calling still. I will go door knocking and I will do some text and we'll do some mail, but I'm not doing a ton of it. I'd much rather you find me, whether that through PPC, whether it be through Facebook or a referral. And I really believe that the future of marketing is going to have to be permission-based. Yeah. Uh, if anybody's familiar with Seth Godin, go read permission-based marketing. It was written back in, I don't know, it's been forever ago when he wrote it, but it was more so to do with, you know, getting permission via email with the can spam act. Uh, right. But all of marketing is going to get to be that way. Right. I mean, you think about the biggest commodity in the world right now, it's not oil, it's not gold. It's not that it, it's data. Yeah. Right. And at some point in time, we have to look at our personal data as private property. Uh, now, granted, we sign terms and conditions that allow these companies to go and buy and sell and our, our data day in, day in and day out and make money off of us. Uh, but to be better advertisers, I think we should really focus on what's important. And what's important is the people that we, as an advertiser, the people we're trying to attract to our brand or to our business. Yeah. How would you uh, How would you go about um, making sure that you're your business becomes more compliance over time and also more, tar you know, it actually fits the way that it, everything is evolving. Ask for permission and you can incentivize permission. Uh, there's different ways and I'm not going to go too deeply into it. That's a whole nother rabbit hole, but I'm a huge, I've been a huge proponent here. Probably about the last year I've been really diving into like alternative marketing methods. Um, and that's kind of one of the things I've been specializing in. Like I've, I did a underground authority challenge a while back to where, like, hey, here's how you can build authority in your local market without really any money using free resources online, right? We have all these tools in front of us, but if we don't know how to use them correctly or we're not using them correctly and we're not being consistent, then it's, it's not going to work, right? I got known because I showed up consistently every single month or every single week on a weekly Q&A podcast inside of a Facebook group that no one really knew about, but it slowly grew to over 8,000 people. I know that's not huge in the grand scheme of things, but I don't, I don't accept probably 20% of the people that come into that group or request to join the group. You don't answer the questions, you don't get in the group. You mess up one time, you're booted. Like, if you know the rules, here's the rules, abide by them. So I, I keep the group very, very clean from spam and all that other crap. And that's almost like a full-time job in itself. But that's where people know me from. That's where a lot of the leads have come from. It's because I've just shown up every single week doing a Q&A, providing value. People know that I'm in Mississippi. So if you got a Mississippi deal, I'll buy it uh, or I'll flip it or I got a buyer that can help you, right? If it's a good deal, or I can tell you if it's a good deal or not. Same going for Alabama. So I'm basically repeating that steps. But what I did in the Underground Authority Challenge is, is I taught people how to build their circle of influence and scale it and become and become top of mind awareness marketers. Because really in the grand scheme of things, research has shown that like 70% of people go with who they know or go with somebody that was referred to them. Right? right. And I, I treat it like you need to become in your business, no matter what your business is, you need to become the mechanic. Right. Do you know mechanic, Esteban? Oh, so, so. <laughs> so, so. All right. Like everybody knows a mechanic, right? Whether and how well they know them, like just yeah. about everybody knows a mechanic. Yeah. And I don't use a car. I, that's why. <laughs> with that? I don't use cars anymore. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. But, you know, I just use that as kind of like a reference. Like everybody knows a mechanic. How do you become yeah. that person? Well, the only way you can become that person is by being top of mind. No yeah. different than I asked you, like, hey, name a soda. Right? And a soda, Coke, that. Pepsi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, right? How did they get there? They spent billions of dollars impressioning you for, million, for uh, hundreds of years or however long it's been uh, spending money on marketing to get that way. We're just trying to focus on 
my area? How do I become the guy that buys houses in my area? Well, I need to tell as many people what I do, how I can help them and how they can help me. Right? That's all it really boils down to. And that is scalable if you know how to use and leverage the technology that we have in front of us today. So like every month, I send a newsletter to what I call my circle of influence. Every person that I meet, I try to get their email address so I can add them to my circle of influence newsletter every single month. And I talk about what's going on in my business, what's going on in my personal life, what we're working on charity wise. What can I help you on with? Do you have any kind of, you know, raffles, your kids selling uh, Girl Scout cookies, like whatever, like, let me know how I can help you and your family. Right. And I'd leave that at every single bottom of every email. And that's gotten me deals. That's gotten me deals from realtors. It's gotten me deals from referrals. Like, you know, all it cost me is an email and a little bit of time to go collect those and, and enough. And all I did was use Facebook to reach out to these people. Hey, I've just thought about you the other day. Um, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while. How have you been? They're going to tell you everything about what's going on with them. Where are you working at these days? And then typically they're going to, at some point in time, they're going to, you know, because the, the nice thing to do is like, what have you been up to? And that's when I go into, well, I flip houses now, kind of like on HGTV, but I haven't figured out how to do it in 30 minutes yet. <laughs> I get a little laugh out of them. It's like, well, look, hey, here's the deal. It's like, I'm trying to make it a point to let more people know about who I am, what I do, how I can help them, and how they can help me. Here's how you can help me. I'm looking for XYZ problems. I'm looking for houses that are going into foreclosure. I'm looking for houses that are run down and vacant that may be in your neighborhood. If you know of anybody that's facing these situations, if you put me in contact with somebody who's looking to sell their home and I'm able to buy it, I will give you a thousand dollars. If you send me an address to a house that appears to be vacant or run down and, uh, and I'm able to buy it, I will pay you $500, right? Now I have to be a little bit more careful now because I'm a realtor. I can't offer that, but my business partner is not a realtor. So yeah. he can offer that, right? Um, so that's kind of how, 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 how I do that is make sure that everyone knows who I am, what I do and how I can help them and, and how they can help me. And that is by far the most crucial piece that I feel like a lot of people are missing and they're not documenting their journey. Uh, yep. documenting your, your journey is by far, you know, whether you want to get into education or not, I think at some point in time, most good marketers, uh, see the opportunity to get an education, at least the ones that want to help people grow their business and build something special. Uh, that's more powerful to me than buying a house. Uh, seeing somebody go from never doing a deal to making their first six figures is is an incredibly rewarding feeling. Um, and that's why we do what we do on the education side. But it's it's a lot of fun. All of it's been fun. That's amazing. What would you say? Those are the cha the, the channels that you that you should be leveraging, uh, or people should be leveraging to do exactly that. What you what you what you just said. You know. Facebook, man. I mean, even though I'm, I've been, I've been kind of down on Facebook lately, but like, it's still relevant, right? Documenting yeah. your journey. Even if it's just, you don't have to get on camera. You don't have to do podcasts. You don't have to be doing videos, right? You could be driving, going on an appointment. And after you get done with the appointment, take a picture of the outside of the house and, and share your story, right? Just talk about what you're doing. Um, uh, some of our students have come through our mastermind program, doing an incredible job of this. And I was talking to, uh, G down in Louisiana. I think the last time I talked to him, he'd gotten over $60,000 in referrals in one month, right? Just, and he does a fantastic job of documenting his journey. He's out there, he's videoing latest flip, latest rehab, latest appointment, or, you know, talking, telling a story about this one particular house or this one particular seller, right? It keeps you top of mind. You don't have to do it right. every single day, but twice a week is not, it's not going to, not going to hurt you to do. Yeah. Get out. No. Go ahead. Now, in order to scale it, of course, I bet you need to get more eyeballs. 
uh, or, you know, just, yeah, just people that are looking at it. With Facebook, you only have a limit of certain amount of friends, even if it's like the ones that you just added or have added there. Like how, how do you, how do you suggest people to increase that amount of eyeballs? So what one little known feature about Facebook that most people don't know, um, if you've noticed lately, it's getting harder and harder to get eyeballs onto anything. Uh, because if there's no engagement, Facebook basically buries it. I could post something mm -hmm. on my wall every single day and you may never see it unless you engage with me or you actively spend time on my page. You will never see it unless other people in your circle are commenting and liking and reacting. Right. I hate that about it. Uh, but at the same time, I understand it. The way that I've figured out to kind of work around that is if you're building your circle of influence and you're taking that time, I actually created scripts for my VA. I put people in columns. So I went through my Facebook and I said, okay, I know that I found everybody that lived in my area. And I basically put them into family, uh, friends, or acquaintances. Family got a certain message. Friends got a certain message. And acquaintances got a certain message. And it would basically be scripted out on how they would respond to it to a certain degree. And all it was designed was to get their email addresses. So they'd go through that whole number of script like, hey, this one, I'm, I'm doing it. Like family, it was very, very straightforward. It was, hey, guys, I'm trying to get everybody's email addresses so I can keep up to date, keep everybody in the family up to date of what's going on with me and CC and our businesses and figure out ways we can help one another. Right. And all my family obviously responded and gave me their email address. Friends was kind of similar. These are people who know me personally that I consider very close friends that live in, in the areas that I do business. The other was acquaintances, and that was a little more of the, hey, have you been doing? Uh, what are you up to these days? Asking me what I've been up to, HGTV thing, and then get their email addresses. Here's what I'm working on. I'm letting more people know about who I am, what I do, how I can help them, and how they can help me. Boom, go into that. They, so my VA was literally using Text Expander, going through these lists, sending this out, and then taking it and putting it into a Trello board, which I then exported into MailChimp. And now all I do is, then I'm meeting that newsletter. And every time I meet somebody new, I get a business card uh, or an email address and I throw it into my MailChimp account. And that's how I grow it. Now in Facebook, the little known thing is, is that you can go and group people, right? So I can create a group of, of circle of influence. So anytime I make a post that I want specifically those people to see, the chances of them seeing it because I'm only showing to them goes up significantly if I, versus if I just posted it on my wall. Hmm. Super, super good tip man and um are you able to do that with the current facebook features that it has or how, how do you do that yeah um, you'd have to go into uh list you have to create lists i believe is what it's called inside of facebook uh so yeah. you create a custom custom list uh on your friends list i think if you go to your profile you go to your friends you think there should be an option right there where you can see i have to actually run through it and see it but um i did i was working on a app that would do all that for you Uh, however, I'm pulled in too many directions. It works to a certain extent, but it breaks too off, more often than not. So as I, it's on the back burner. I'll get around to it later. The thing is about, you know, developing a software, man. That's what it, you know, it happens. The, the whole bugs and uh, development, troubleshooting, all of that. Man, I, I understand you. <laughs> Customer support, all that stuff. Customer I was like, support, yeah. you know, it's still there. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at it. It's a Chrome extension. It's still there and it still works. It's just Do I want to open it up to the public yet? I don't feel satisfied with it. And for me to release something, I need to feel like it, it's jam up. And right now, 
it's not one of those things I want to sink all my energy into. But eventually, at some point in time, I'll just I'll finish it up and make it available. But what it does is pulls. You can basically say, okay, I want to see all my friends who live in Phoenix, Arizona, who are also in this investing group. You know, if they're in the similar group and they're on my friends list, it will show me all my friends. Or just show me all my friends. If something as simple as show me all my friends in Phoenix is not easy to do if you don't live in Phoenix uh, on Facebook. For some reason or another, they don't make that very easy to do. So I can filter by birthday. I can filter by likes, so like pages they like. I can if we like similar pages, uh, groups that they're in, as long as we're in similar groups and cities they live in and cities they were uh, they claim to be born in. So I can create like a custom audience and then it'll group them all together. I click a button. I create the list and it automatically creates that custom list for me inside of Facebook. So whenever I go to make a post and say, I want to do like Phoenix car collectors and I have like all my friends that are in this car group and they all live in Phoenix, I can group those people individually. So we're only those people are seeing that post. It's only relevant to them. Yeah. Is there a way that you can also utilize this bots kind of like mini chat in order to kind of like push this type of notifications and, and newsletters inside of Facebook to people just having its own separate CRM kind of, like, but, but it comes from your page, not from your I mean, profile. It's possible. That's kind yeah, of the think, beauty of, of, of a lot of this is like, man, if you can think it, you can really create it. Um, which is how much time, energy and money do you want to put into it? But that's yeah, right. I mean, the circle of influence has been my biggest push lately. It's like everyone needs to be growing their circle of influence to build authority and documenting their processes in the, in documenting their journey in the process, right? It's not hard to tell your story. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. The face. Here, here's, my, here's one my opinion, and I want to hear your opinion. Um, we are in the acquisitions kind of like loophole in, because it's paid acquisitions. Like we're paying for always for acquisitions. If you stop cold calling, leads are not coming in. And yeah, you will have probably follow-ups and reactivations that you can do from your past leads, but new leads, new appointments are coming in. If you stopped your Facebook ads, same thing. If you stop your Google PPC, basically your business is now starting to go into you know the downhill debt. So which we've always been in that acquisitions kind of like loophole, like you know, trying to always acquire, 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 and like it's a never ending game. But like what if what Brent is saying that there is a way that things that you do things that stay for a really long time? Like what if there's ways for whatever you do right now, it will make sure it stays. And if you stop doing it, it still stays even for further months. Of course, you have to build it out. But what if there's those things that actually stay there for a long period of time? I'm pretty sure if Coca-Cola stops doing advertising or stops doing the branding, they're still going to stay for like at least 15 more years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's the same thing. Doing things that, st- that, that you make you stay there and like on top of your, of your, of, of mine, right? And, and I guess, I guess we, we know that, of course, people that do that or uh, corporations or wholesalers or just flippers that do that is, is people like Zillow, for example. Uh, that's a big example. Like people will know that what Zillow is, right? Yeah. Because um, they've done things that make them stay. So I think it's the same concept that brand is doing but for your local market, for your local thing, for your real estate investing business. Really sit back and ask yourself, how many people know exactly what I do? They know exactly what I do. I don't mean 
he's you know even like even if you work in a normal job right now like how many people know exactly what it is you do because most time we just kind of brush it off it's like oh you know i do accounting for this company well no what do you really do like what is your like what is your roles and responsibilities right for me it's it's very simple it's like i'm an investor i'm a i run a a property solutions company a real estate solutions company and what i mean by that is like we provide solutions for people who are facing difficult situations or looking to sell their house quickly for fast cash, right? Very simple. If they're looking for retail, it's probably not going to be for me. Uh, although now that I'm a realtor, I can list it. So that's kind of usually the route that I go right now. And there's some, and there's the, uh, and there's other things that are pretty good, uh, such as novations that you can yeah. do now. But Novation, yeah, we'll- I keep, man, that keeps getting brought up every day. I, every, <laughs> I keep seeing it like every day popping up. Yeah. I just keep telling people like, don't get shiny objects. It's like, stay with the task at hand. Yeah. Stay focused. It'll pay off longer. Trust me. I've been, I'm, I'm the world's worst at shiny object syndrome and not listening to my own self sometimes. Um, but stay away from a lot of the shiny objects. Novations are incredible. Um, and it can add some revenue to your business. But if you're just trying to figure out this thing and you're just trying to get more consistent, uh, stick with what you know and, Grow that instead of going, I'm going to go try this. I'm going to go try that. Uh, everything works as long as you do, but you have to be consistent at it. It's no different than wanting a six pack of abs and be fit. Like just be consistently eat healthy and consistently work out and you'll get there. Yeah. So yeah, you're you go, getting your you're license from bad diet, the fad diet, the fad diet. It's never going to work out. That's right. Always stick with something at the beginning. It's not going to work if you go everywhere. So yeah. Uh, so you, you're actually doing the, the license you're getting your license in. in so I have my license. I'm a licensed realtor now. Um, nice. I went with EXP um, for a lot of different reasons, mainly because they start you off at 80, 20, you cap at 16,000 and they put that 16,000 into stock options. Once you hit a certain status, so you don't really lose any money. Um, they're the fastest growing brokerage in the world right now. Uh, their incentives to recruit other agents is incredible. I feel like at some point in time, Eventually, everyone in wholesaling is going to have to be licensed. It's just the nature of the beast. It's coming whether we like it or not. So at least might as well go ahead and get it out of the way. It doesn't hurt, hurt me anything other than the fact that I have to disclose. And that doesn't scare me. I'm a licensed realtor, you know, I'm, but I'm not here to list your house. I'm here to potentially buy it. That's right. That's awesome. <laughs> so, man, uh, if people were to actually uh, find you somewhere, um, contact you, you know, get, get a hold of you. You know, just just to really make sure that they understand how we can leverage all these things um, and really become a better marketer, become a better connector of people, become a better networker and leverage that in your business. How how people how can people reach out to you? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty active on Facebook. I usually try to get back to everyone that messages me and responds that maybe a day or two. Uh, I do get a lot of messages, but I do typically go in and respond to every single person. Uh, if you're coming to me with a bunch of questions, uh, I would suggest putting them in the wholesale hackers group because there's a lot of fantastic people in that group jumping on our live Q and A's every Wednesday that we do also a fantastic chance. I mean, a lot of times there's only 12 or 13 people on those calls and it's usually only two or three people who are really asking questions. So yeah. it, there's no question too dumb, like jump in there. We're happy to help. That's the reason I give an hour of my week every single week away is because I want to help people and it doesn't cost anything to be in that group whatsoever. So wholesale hackers group would be the best way to get in touch with me. The other thing is uh, that I did want to mention is that I talked about it kind of briefly, the software business that I have. 
is Deal Bell. And that is by far, uh, I don't know if you've had the chance to use it or not, but I have to get you an account. It's a, uh, I'm pretty, I'm very, very pleased with it. When I mentioned that I've had another software that I just haven't released, like I'm very, very pleased with, with Deal Bell. Um, the amount of data that it gives you back for 10 cents a record, you're not going to find anywhere else. And I'm pretty confident in that because I went and tested about 20 different data providers, not data companies that are selling data companies, but I went and tested actual, the actual providers, uh, the major providers. And I'm very pleased with, with what we're getting. If we get enough users, we can get it down to eight cents, maybe even six cents. And that's kind of the whole goal is like, I wanted to build this community of people that would use the software, use the system and it not really cost them anything on data anymore because it's been a race to the bottom since I got started. I figured I might as well take it there first and just charge a, a monthly subscription that will ultimately pay for itself if, as long as you're skip tracing people. And we're adding in CRM capabilities. We're continuing to build stuff out every single day. We're listening to our users on what they want to see, what they want to do. So we're adding stuff as we continue to grow this community and grow and build it. It's going to be one of the most powerful REI softwares on the planet by the time I'm done with it. Deal belt. There you go. You got it. So deal belt, uh, go there and... Um try it out. It's definitely one of the softwares that would, I definitely uh, recommend to check it out um, because it comes from a great marketer and real estate investor that really is passionate about his software education business. And he's always looking to think outside the box and have find these ways and there's even new ways to kind of counter the, the, the old things that are coming across as flag or, or new policies from the government and things like that. So it's always good to to know that you have someone that is always trying to stay ahead of the game. And it may, um, uh, it may upset a lot of people, but like texting is going to come to an end. Yeah. At some point in time, the mass texting, I mean, it's already getting harder and harder. It still works. It still works fantastic. I know a lot of people are making a killing with it, uh, but it's getting harder and harder. You know, at some point in time, you go like, how much more energy, time, energy, and money do I want to keep into trying to stay above the law uh, and just kind of ride that gray area? Or do I want to focus more on like having people come to me? And that's kind of where I started making the shift of, okay, I want more people to come to me. I want to invest more in permission-based marketing. But yeah, that's where we're at. Yep. I yep, have absolutely. just look up at the time. I do have, speaking of deal bell, I have my deal bell call going on. <laughs> there you, you go. should be on waiting on me. So. All right. So it's been a pleasure just for the listeners here. One of the things I also love about Brent is that he's also half Colombian. And uh, <laughs> there you go. And uh, if you want to go to Colombia and meet the great people, uh, we'll be there. We'll, we'll go there once. We'll do a meetup. So it was being awesome. It's been awesome to, to talk with you guys, talk, tell you all about Brent and uh, what he's done and what he's doing and what you can do. So um, uh, until the next episode, all right? See you guys. Appreciate you.